where God is in the atmosphere. I was thinking about that this morning, driving here and looking at people, how miserable they are. You can see how miserable people are. Probably dreading to go to work and facing problems and people and anger and all this kind of stuff. And we're so blessed to be able to come into a place that God is honored through our worship, through our praise, through our teaching, through loving each other. You can praise Him all you want, but if you don't love each other, you're not honoring God. We have to love each other. Amen. So let me pray uh, before I get started. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to represent you today. I need your grace. If you don't help us today, we'll fail in this teaching. I need you to be honored, for you to be glorified in my life and the hearers today. Uh, Holy Spirit, I invite you now into this teaching that you'd bring it forth with power and demonstration, piercing love in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, business was with God. You know, we in our first session, let's put that scripture up, uh, Jeremiah 29, 11, and 12 real quick. This is not going to be a long message. It's going to be short, but I want to dig in a little bit today. Because this is the scripture that we really started out with. For I know the thoughts and plans I have for you, says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace, not for evil, to give you hope in your final outcome. Then you will call. So he's given an instruction here, and we, we talked about this in the, first, in the first session. We have to know his plans. We have to know his thoughts. Then he says, you call upon me. Because if we're not calling upon him, they'll never come to pass. What's his thoughts towards you? Think about that. What is his thoughts towards me today? What does God think about me today? How is, how is he thinking on me today? Because he's thinking about me today. What's on his heart for me today? What's his assignment for me today? What's his love commission for me today? Then I will call upon him, and you will come and pray to me, and I will hear and heed your prayer. Lee's been talking about this season being a prayer season for the women. And it's really so important that the women get a hold of this. <laughs> I'm telling you, because we're already seeing the effects of the women not praying. And the season they're supposed to be praying. It gives access to the man. The devil it gives complete access to the man. And how do I know that access is getting to the man? Because the man's not honored by the woman. Amen? That's what happens when the woman's not praying for a husband or a future husband or a future whatever. It gives access, the devil gives access to the man. Amen. A man's trying to operate in love, trying to function in love. He's called to love. He's called to nurture. He's called to protect. He's called to create love. He's called to create environments. For the woman to enjoy. Amen. So I really want the woman to get focused on prayer. In fact, when we have a season of prayer like this for the woman, I really think 
Lee, you, you and some of the ladies should just head something up for 30 minutes a day. Because they're right, everybody's right here. And pray for your husbands. And session two was giving. Session three, I'm looking at the order God's given us in this teaching. Section three was obedience to the tithe and the offering. Session four was, and put that up, Psalm 141.3, when your mouth gets you in trouble. Man, how easy is that to do? I mean, when I'm thinking I'm saying the right thing, Francis, I'm saying the wrong thing. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, you know, you seem like you just can't get it right sometimes. I, it, it hits me all the time. I said, man, can I ever get this right? When I think my, my words even season with grace and love, it comes back to me as an attack. Amen. Can't get it right. Look what it says. David had the same problem. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. <laughs> Keep watch over the doors of my lip. So set an angel. Ask God to set an angel over your mouth today. Set a guard, angel's guard, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. In other words, don't allow me to open this door unless it's going to be from him. Because it's from him, you're going to be able to receive it. I don't know. I, uh, David said, I'm for peace, but when I speak, they, they're for war. <laughs> I see that over and over again. When I speak, sometimes war breaks out. Yeah, it's a right to the mind. So we're, we're, we're called to peace. But anyway, when your mouth gets you in trouble. Number five, we taught on the power choice. Choosing God. And today we're calling on the CEO. The chief executor, executive officer of your life. Who brings good things into your life. I asked the Lord what he wanted to teach. He said, teach on this. Calling on the CEO. And we're going to start with Jeremiah 33.3. It says, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Now ponder that scripture for a minute. I love meditation. I love meditating on the word of God. And if you can ever get into that habit of not being compelled to read the word, but being compelled to take one scripture and meditate on it, your life will be life-changing. You can feel it working in you. You can feel it changing you. Call to me and I'll answer you and show you great mighty things. So it's the things that we don't know that we actually need. The things that we don't know is what we actually need. But to get a hold of those things, you've got to face the unfamiliar. You've got to go into uncharted territories. With no fear. You got to go into the deep place. That you'd never been before. And how do I know. How would you know that, you, that God is calling you into the deep place. When your mind all of a sudden is connected to the second heaven. And you're getting all kinds of stuff that you shouldn't be putting in your mind. Amen. 
That's how you know there's a calling, there's a beckoning to go deeper. To go deeper. And prayer, does, the average prayer does not take you that deep. It's prayer and praise that takes you to the deep place. So your average in the name of Jesus prayer can't get you into that deep place. So you got to go deeper. So God's saying the positive assurance from God is that if we call on him, he will answer us in ways that will astound us. How many of y'all have been astounded recently? Just blown away by God. Calling on him. Now, what he's, what he's talking about here, when he says, call on me, and you look that up in the Greek and the Hebrew, he's saying, loudly. I call him, on him loudly when I come boldly to the throne. I'm coming to his throne with force, with power. And I'm calling on him loudly. And this verse says, call to me and I will answer you. But here's the, the great thing about it. And I will show you great things that you don't know. See, we serve a great God and he expects us to live in greatness. And to be able to live in greatness, you got to know the great things that we don't know. And it's in the deep place of God. So I'm, I'm really kind of beckoning everybody to go deeper in God. You know, we can get so comfortable. We, we can get so comfortable with our blessings. We can get so comfortable with what God has just done. When he's finished with that, <laughs> he's done with that. God is constantly moving. We should be constantly excited about him. Amen. You did? <laughs> well, there you go. He's, there's your witness. There's your witness. So getting comfortable with God doesn't please him. What pleases God is staying excited about him. And you can't stay excited about God being comfortable. Amen. <laughs> if you're not getting it in praise and worship and prayer, then he's expecting you to get it by loving someone or doing something good for somebody. And that excitement kicks in again. Every time I go over to my little car place over here, I get excited. <laughs> Me and that guy just connect. You know what I mean? He had chills going over his body yesterday. <laughs> it was funny. But that, but that excited me. It excited God because he got excited. This guy got excited. He's not a church man, but he's a good guy, you know? So I love it. <laughs> the marketplace is such an awesome place for ministry. But when we call on him loudly, we get his response. Let's go, look at Psalm 4.3. But know that the Lord has set apart for himself Chris. <laughs> who is godly. Know that the Lord has set apart for himself Francis. All of y'all. He set apart for himself him who is godly. The Lord will hear him. When he calls. Now, 
how do you know that you're godly? Because I want to know that he's hearing me. How do I know that I'm godly? Because I act like God. I'm thinking like God. Amen? My character is like God. He's on my thoughts 24-7. I think the way God thinks. That's godly. I love the way God loves. That's godly. And when I'm walking this kind of walk with God, I know that he's hearing me. Don't you hate to be in conflict with people? Huh? Don't you hate it? I hate it. And sometimes I'm not expecting it when it shows up. Amen? Just shows It just shows up. When everything's going right, you think, oh, wow, that's going to be great. Then something, a conflict shows up, and you just, your bubble, it happens to me all the time, your bubble gets, your balloon just deflates. It just deflates. And the Lord reminds me that apostles are called to persecution. You don't want that life. But now, I'm getting a mindset, taking a clothed mindset to enjoy my prosecution. Because that's where I find God, is in my prosecution. He said, Gene, you got, you've forgotten that you're called to trouble. I said, what a happy place to be. <laughs> you're called to trouble. That's where you're going to find me, he says. That's where apostles find God, is in trouble. I find him in trouble stronger than I find him in worship. Him who is godly has godly character. He's like God. Let's look at Psalm 18.3. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. You're going to have an enemy. I don't care. It might be in your own family. But you're going to have an enemy. You didn't have an enemy before you accepted Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said you didn't have an enemy to you accepted me. Because Satan was my friend <laughs> before I accepted. Unbeknowingly, he was my friend. I, didn't, I would have never claimed he was my friend. But I was serving him. But when I accepted Jesus, I accepted that devil as an adversary. Only to know that he is on a leash that God uses to refine me. He uses that stupid Satan to refine me. I love it when the Apostle Paul delivered over the man that was having sex with his dad's wife. Can you imagine that in the church? And they were boasting about it. And Paul picked it up in worship, in prayer. He wasn't even there. Paul picked it up. You can be amazed at what I can pick up in this place when I get into praise and worship in my secret place about people. And God's only had me deliver two people over to Satan in all these 20-something years. And it's a fearful thing to do that. But so that his spirit can be rescued from the devil. So some things just have to be empowered by God to come to the maturity of death so that there's a resurrection taking place. Amen?
the extreme death experience conveys you into an extreme resurrection of love. Peace. Peace. Remember the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. When I know if I've experienced a resurrection in something, man, the peace of God comes and the joy of God comes. And I know that joy is his joy working through me that I never have to do that again. That I never have to go through that death experience again. Amen. Isn't that a blessing? There's people out there going through it over and over again. And just just want to give up, just want to give up and commit suicide to get out of the the pain of it all. So what I want to point out in this verse is we call upon God in prayer, but we also call upon our praise is calling upon him. Our praise is calling upon him. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved. From my enemies. Now such. Uh, this is what you want to remember. In this teaching today. Revelational insight. Such revelational insight. Is essential. For a clear understanding. Of victorious warfare. Such revelational insight. Is essential. For a clear understanding. Of victorious spiritual warfare. But not only that. But to know the things. That God has hidden from you. Okay. Revelational insight is essential. For a clear understanding. Of victorious spiritual warfare. Some people stay in warfare and, and they, they don't get the victory for months, for years, for weeks. But it's also, and the things God has hidden from those who do not love him. There's some hidden things that God has hidden, stored up, secured, just for those who love him. How can I judge myself? And say, God, do I really love you? I feel it now. Francis, Charlena, how can we judge ourselves to let God know that I really love him? I feel a building right now. How can I show him without telling him? I love him. How can I show him without telling him? Because love is not in words. I show him that I love him because I don't deny him in word. I keep his word. I keep his word. When the devil sends the fiery darts, I keep his word. I hold on to it with all my might. Like it's a, a, a life preserver. I'm sinking 
but I'm going to hold on to the word of God so I can stay afloat. Do I, or how do I deny him? Complaining is the, one of the biggest things that denies God. Complaining. Expressing a dissatisfaction about another is just saying to God, my love is not where it should be for you. Because if your love is right with God, you'll never complain about somebody else. You won't complain about people. When fear is bombarding my mind, when when the enemy is saying you just can't get it right, will you ever be anything? Will you ever prosper? Am I going to deny God? Am I going to hold on to the word that says he has anointed me to create wealth? So he can establish his covenant with me. That he swore to us. Everything God has for you. Is obtained. Through your love for him. We look to people too much for love. And I'm telling you. When you got to look to people. To satisfy the love thing. Then you've just missed it with God. If you are completely satisfied with his love, you'll be completely satisfied with people's attitudes or thereof. You'll be satisfied with whatever character is coming from them because you know the love that's coming from you will conquer that. Revelational insight. On the screen, we cannot pray effectively without insight into how to pray. Man, I hate religion. I hate religious spirits because they are nasty. They are mean. They'll tear you up. They clothe themselves in righteousness. But death, and in fact, Jesus said serpents are under their tongues. If you'll just cross them one time, they come out like vipers. They come out like vipers. I'm called to the religious spirit. Because yep. Savannah is bound up by religious devils. There's a church on every corner and Savannah is the, is, there's so much death in this city. In this atmosphere, in this city, you can feel it when you come over the bridge. And all you see is steeples all over the place. Isn't that amazing? But there's going to be a revival in Savannah, Georgia. When the kingdom people right here get this love thing right with God. And not complaining about their mates, not complaining about the people they work with, not complaining about this but just so in love with God that you don't want to deny him in anything. When we don't, when we, we stand fast and not denying the truth, what we're es essentially doing is not denying him access to people. When you stand in your truth and love, you're giving him access to people. 
You're giving him the relationship that you have with him to somebody else. Isn't that beautiful? Can I give you the relationship I have with God today? By giving you truth. By giving you love. By not denying him. But using my life as an ambassador of my agreement, my covenant with You'll be changed. Second Kings 6, 18 through 17. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel. And he consulted with his servants saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you are speaking in your bedroom. So somebody's hearing what you're saying in your bedroom. If you're in the kingdom of God, God has a watchman over you. To protect you. Think about this. We got to go deep here. What are you saying? And one of the servants said, None, my Lord, but Elisha, the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. And so he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with him. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. To believe the impossible, you must see the invisible. To believe the impossible, you must see the invisible. You've got to live your life out of your worship experience. Out of your praise and worship and prayer, you should be seeing something. He said, call upon me and I will answer you and show you mighty things. Mighty things are things that are hidden. There are things that are hidden. 
doing business with God and for God, you will have enemies. Elisha is informing his people of the enemy's tactics through revelational insight. You see what happened here. There were more on our side than there were on their side. But I had to see it first. You've got to see it first. God is calling us this season, this quarter of this year, to go deep. To go deep. The latter end of this year is going to be your best year you have ever had if you go deep this quarter. The women have to go deep this quarter because the manifestation of what God wants to do to bring greatness into your life is going to come through the headship of the man. It's going to come through him. It's not going to come any other way. It's God's order. That's the way he's going to do it. It's going to come through the headship. I mean, some of the women may be more spiritual than the man, but that's immaterial to God. It's totally does not mean anything to God. You better believe it. He's using the headship. He's not using your spirituality to get to work through the man. He's using your honor of that headship. The man should have the last word in a woman's life. The woman has great counsel. Because she is the counsel of God. But the man is the one who establishes that counsel. Then the whole headship of heaven comes down freely, unrestricted, to bring forth greatness through that man into that family. In fact, God says, I use the nobodies to bring forth my glory. I use the debased minds, the ones that don't know me, to bring forth my glory. Because then the world knows that it's me. Then the world knows that it's me. Kingdom life ministry, these marriages are going to be strong. And these headships are going to be right. And your husband may be religious, you may be in relationship. But God doesn't care about that. He doesn't see that. He sees headship. Is headship in place? Am I honoring the head? Am I honoring my head, who is my husband? Every time you honor your headship, God releases an answered prayer into your life. Every time you honor him, he may look stupid. He may have just made the worst decision of his life, but you have to honor that decision because the only way that decision is going to be redeemed is inviting God through the headship into that decision. Feel it. God's promise to Jeremiah is that if we would call to him, not only would he answer him, but he would reveal to him great and mighty things 
that could not otherwise be known. It wasn't a prophetess that he gave this direction to. It was a man that he said, call upon me. And I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. The word mighty here means, you want to write this down, isolated and inaccessible. That's what mighty means in the Greek and Hebrew. Isolated and inaccessible. It is hidden. It is inaccessible to those who do not love God. Worship is not saying, I love you, God. Praise is not saying, I love you, God. You can be intimate with someone and not love them. Praise is saying, thank you, Jesus. Intimate is worship. But it doesn't mean I love you. That's deep. Love you. When I say I love you, I'm not going to deny you. So I can be in intimate worship and come out of it and deny him. Because the door of my lips opened up with the wrong thing. An expression of death. An expression of condemnation. Don't you hate condemnation? When you, when you feel it come on you, doesn't it feel, just feel awful? When you feel condemned by somebody? It feels awful. But the one who condemns is the one who has condemnation in them. You're just feeling it. It may not be in you, but it's still going to come on you. You're going to feel it. To have great business, to have a great business, you have to be in touch with our great God. And I can constantly be in touch with him by not denying him. I am constantly in touch with him by not denying him. Every time someone asks you a question, you should think on how you're going to answer that question. That question should be full of the integrity of the word of God. You know, you can answer through the word of God without quoting scripture. Jesus did it all the time. Parables, he did it. You can, you can correct someone without them knowing it by applying the story to yourself. Then they can see the instruction. Just applying it to yourself. Revelational insight is revealing things that otherwise would be inaccessible or isolated. Deep, calling on to deep. Here's the key. Here's the, here's the, the uh, uh, in 2 Kings 6, 8 through 17, Elisha is informing his people of the enemy's tactics through revelational insight. But here's the lesson. Prayer is the key to discerning the adversary stratagem. Prayer is the key to discerning the adversary stratagem. And note these crucial words. Elisha prayed. That's the crucial words that we need to put down. Elisha 
prayed. Elisha didn't ask God to show the servant another miracle. He asked God to show the servant another dimension. We don't need to be asking God for miracles. Miracles are already in place. We need to be asking God, show me another dimension. Show me revela revelational insight into another dimension so I could war effectively with the devil. And I can get access to the things that are hidden and inaccessible. Show me another dimension. And look in, in verse 17, the answer came immediately. The Lord opened the man's eyes and he saw and behold the mountain wall full of horses and chariots of fire were all around Elisha. So discerning spiritual issues from God's perspective rather than man's is the key to victorious prayer. Discerning spiritual issues from God's perspective. You've got to be a, you've got to, you've got to have a, a, a enough power in you to call on God with his authority. When we call on him with his authority, it gets his attention. Like I said Saturday, God is called to himself. God is attracted to himself in you. Deep calls on to deep. He's attracted to himself. He is in the secret place. God is in the secret place. He who abides under the shadow of the Almighty shall abide in the secret place. And I will say unto the Lord. So how do you stay in the secret place? You say. I will say unto the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God in whom I trust. Surely he will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings I shall take refuge. His truth shall be my shield and my buckler. And I will not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrows that fly by day, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Because I say, put a guard over the doors of my lips that I only say, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. In him I trust. So let's look at the results of calling on God and receiving revelational insight. I love this. Look at these results. Look at Jeremiah 33, 6. Behold, now this is what God is bringing back to you. Behold, I bring it health and healing. So he's saying, behold, I bring it whole with me. Health means whole with God. And healing which means relationships. You can't be healed until relationships are healed. That's what the body of Christ hasn't gotten. If there's a relationship that needs to be healed in your life, it's got to be healed. And I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. 
That is a result of being whole with God and reconciled to people that you will have an abundance of peace and truth. Abundance of peace is nothing bothers you. An abundance of truth is no lie can infect you. No lie. So you can look, look at Jeremiah 33, 7. And God continues. It's amazing he does more than what we can do for him. And I will cause the captives of Judah. Who's the captives of Judah? The ones who are praising God. And the captives of Israel, that's us, to return and rebuild those places as is the first. So what's he rebuilding? He's rebuilding first love. He's rebuilding first love. Jeremiah 33, 8 says, And, look, God continues, I will cleanse them from their iniquity. Isn't that a blessing? By which they have sinned against me, and I, have, I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned. And by, they, by which they have transgressed me. Man, we serve a great God. We, we, we just serve a great God. He is so merciful and so full of grace. But look at this. Look at, look at God's return on his investment in Jeremiah 33.9. Then it shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and in honor before all nations of the earth, who shall hear all of the good that I do to you? They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I have provided for you. Isn't that amazing? When you call upon him and get into that secret place, he's going to show you the, what's inaccept, inaccessible fenced in from everybody else because it's preserved for those who love him. Not in word. Not in word. But in action. But in action. Can you imagine someone when you show up fearing and trembling because of all the goodness and prosperity that you carry? <laughs> <laughs> can you receive all of God's goodness and prosperity this year in your life that's what's going to hit you like a tidal wave the last quarter of this year God has given us instructions already that there is movement that the rivers are moving that the anointings are moving for movement. Movement is a force that puts you from that position to this position. So the last quarter of this year, if you stay with this thing, remember last the first quarter of every year, God always gives us some kind of instruction for a redemption by the end of the year. And I've seen about half of them get it right. So you can recognize the goats from the sheep. About half of them get it right. And why is that? Because their love is not strong enough for God. How do you build that love? It's not in worship. And it's not in praise. 
Worship and praise gives you access to him. But meditation on this love letter right here, just meditate on this love letter. Has any man or woman ever given you a love letter this long? <laughs> Francis, have you ever had anybody give me a love letter? It's uh, how many pages in this thing? Thousands? Saying I love you here. Meditate on me today. And let me build the passion in you to love me where you won't deny me. We should be full of joy 24-7 because we have a passion for it. He is the joy. He is the love. He is our salvation. Have you meditated on this this morning when you got up? If you didn't, you missed it today. You just missed it. Because meditation brings manifestation. And that manifestation is love. You giving your relationship between you and God to someone else. Say, hey, be refreshed today. Be enlightened today. Be edified today. Can you stand to be blessed? Can you stand and be blessed? Most of the body of Christ can't stand and be blessed. They don't think they, they're worthy to be blessed because they've done so much wrong. That ain't nothing but a devil speaking to your head. What I've done wrong, my slate is clean. The blood has already covered my wrong tomorrow. The wrong is already covered by the blood. I access the redemption of the blood through my love for him. God is giving us the key to prayer and receiving revelational insight. Elisha called on God and asked for the servant's eyes to be opened. Jeremiah called on God and God opened his eyes. And showed him revelational insight. And look at this on the screen. Revelational insight opened the door to health, healing, abundant peace, abundant truth, the release of bondage, the cleansing of sin, <laughs> all goodness, and all prosperity. Who can do that for you but God? And all he's saying is, call upon me with a loud voice. And I've called upon Jesus. I've called upon God to my throat as horse sometimes. Jeremiah 32, 27 says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? <laughs> what can man do to you but bring a curse? <laughs> the only thing man can do to you, when the headship is not right, the curse is on the way. You just invited it. You don't have a husband, then Jesus is your head till your husband comes. Jesus is your head till your husband comes. There is nothing too hard for God when you cry out to him and you praise him. When you cry out to him and you praise him. We got to think beyond what we're used to. You, I want everybody in here to start thinking big. 
Just start thinking big. Challenge your mind to think big. Think big when bigger and bigger. Yeah. So we're on it. Think big, Francis. Think big, Charlena. Think big, Chris. Expand your mind and think big. I'm thinking on the billion flow. It's coming. I've sowed for it. It's on its way. I'm excited. I've never sowed so much money in my life. But it moved God. Because I wasn't, the money doesn't have me. I have the money. And I tell it what to do. Look at the screen. It's good to remember that God's ways and thoughts are unfathomably beyond ours. When calling on God, I want you to remember these things, and you can get a copy of this. Light is more powerful than darkness. Truth is stronger than error. There's more grace in God's heart than sin in man's heart. There's more power in the Holy Spirit to convict men of sin than there is power of satanic forces to tempt men to sin. And there's more power in one drop of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus to cleanse men's hearts from the stain of sin than there is in the accumulated filth of men's sin since Adam and Eve. Isn't that awesome? Think beyond. Use, use these things to think beyond when you call on God. Because when you're calling on Him, you're calling on something bigger than yourself. We're not calling on Him as a wimp. We're not calling on Him as a weak nobody. We're calling on Him as a son of God. Thinking like my daddy thinks. Big. Big. So business with God is calling on the CEO daily. Any questions while I pray? Yeah. Short, powerful. Short and powerful. Let's pray. Father, I love you. And I come in Jesus' name. I pray as Alicia did. Lord, open the eyes of these servants that they may see the invisible to believe the impossible. That they may discern spiritual issues from your perspective and not man's perspective. Seeing the adversary's attack plan and piercing and perceiving our angelic strike force. Show them now, Lord, those things that are isolated and inaccessible, deep calling on to deep. And it will be a joy to you, Father, and a praise and an honor before all nations this day. We call it forth. Release that anointing, that power, that relationship to bring them in to the mighty things of God. 
For you said, no eye has seen, no ear heard, nor have entered the heart of man the things that you've already fenced in and prepared for those who will not deny you. So we have some servants here today, Lord, that are committed to not deny you. To not deny you in trouble. To not deny you in their temptations, when they're tempted. To not deny you in in oppositions, to not deny you in word and action. We receive your greatness today. We receive your plan this year. We receive the love from one another today. In Jesus' name.